0: You found your home for real sports talk, for real sports fans, 1700 KBGG.
1: Good afternoon, welcome in once again, Jimmy V and TC on the air with you here on a Thursday. Trent Condon, another solo edition as we Get you home after your workday here on 1700 KBGG. Jimmy B off again today. He'll be back with us tomorrow. We'll be on with you. Just a short show tomorrow, though. Just an hour program as we have Kansas City Chiefs football. Preseason game number two for Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And that'll come your way at 5 o'clock tomorrow night. But before that, we have plenty to get into here this afternoon. Ian Castleberry is going to stop by. At about 4.20 here today, a lot of baseball conversation with him. Big national story from last night, obviously, Ronald Acuna Jr. getting plunked, and uh, the first pitch that he saw from Jose Arena and uh, the fallout that has happened since then, suspensions, uh, a lot of conversation about that. We'll get into that. The Red Hot St. Louis Cardinals continue their winning ways. They're back in play again tonight against Washington and uh, really finishing off the Washington Nationals and any hope that they may have had coming out of the all-star break and getting back in the mix in the National League East, the prohibitive favorite coming into the season. But alas, not going to be the case, it looks like, this year for the Nationals. We'll talk some Cubs. We'll talk about the Brewers and uh, a couple other news and notes coming up with Ian Castleberry. Ian also does work over at Awful Announcing. We'll get into a couple of sports media topics also and run it by our pal Ian Castleberry. That comes your way at 420 this afternoon. Then at 440, we're talking Hawkeyes with Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times. You see his work all across the state with all the uh, newspapers owned by, by the group over there. What is it? It's the uh, Quad City Times, the Waterloo Courier, Mason City Globe Gazette, Sioux City Journal. Might be another one in there, too. Pretty much all corners of the state, though, you're going to see Steve Batterson on the Hawkeye beat and the work that he does. He was at Kids Day. We'll get his perspective what he saw last Saturday and our only look at the Hawkeyes before we get to September 1st in the opener against Northern Illinois. That'll be about 440 this afternoon. Straight up 5 o'clock, Zubin Mahente from ESPN will be by. Plenty of different things to talk about with Zubin baseball ESPN broadcasting the Little League World Series I do want to talk to him a little bit about that get his perspective on what many people believe is maybe going a little bit too far I disagree but it's a thought that is out there and we'll run it by Zuba Mahente that and a whole lot more some football talk also with ESPN Zuba Mahente and then we finish it up talking Big Ten football with Ken Silverstein he'll join us at about five twenty-five. you can join me here At 515 264 1700. 515 264 1700. The two way conversation line here on 1700 as we get ready for Night of Football. Football's back. Preseason week number two begins tonight. We'll get to see the Packers in action. Looking forward to getting another glimpse of Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers. How much playing time out of the first team offense, first team defense? Always the questions that come up in the preseason. But Didn't see a ton of their game against Tennessee compared to the other locals. It'll be nice to kind of have a night for them and them alone. Don't see myself digging in a whole lot of of Redskins jets in comparison to what we have there. A little baseball tonight also. Speaking of baseball, though, want to start today with some baseball as here in the studio this afternoon, I've been keeping an eye on the Grandview Little Leaguers as they are out in Williamsport at the Little League World Series. I had an opportunity two years ago to go out Cover the Johnston Little League squad that made the Little League World Series. They became the first team to win a game out there. Made a fun run. It was really awesome. Just getting to meet those kids, hear their stories. There was just the the heartbreaking story. The young man, J.T. Garcia, whose mom was battling cancer. It just there was so much going on. One of my buddies from high school. He was an assistant coach with the team and, and got to to see his son out there. It was just an incredible experience. If you're a baseball fan, if you have played, if you've gone out, you've seen all the parks, you go see your favorite team, maybe you're one of those people that want to hit every park. If you're at, out on the East Coast and you're there in the middle of August to late August, make a stop to Williamsport. It, it's incredible. And you see it on television, you see it on ESPN and it just doesn't do it justice. And especially when you get those packed crowds, you get to the US Championship game, the people that are there, the camaraderie that goes along with it. it. It is baseball in almost its most pure form. I get it. There's a lot of television dollars also at stake here for ESPN. and Well, it gets ratings, and that's why it's televised at the level that it is on ESPN. And if you want to be cynical, look, I get it. But there are so many good things that you don't have to take a cynical view about it. Today, little guys took it. Five to two, they lose. Uh, had a two to one lead in the game. Got down early, made it two to one, but uh, gave up a tying home run. Made it two two. Ended up falling today to the team from uh, from New York, from Staten Island, I believe. Five to two, the Iowa Little Leer- Leaders lose today in their opening game. They will still be playing more though. It's not a one and done scenario. There's pool play, still an opportunity for them to advance, but uh, they're going to kind of backs are against the wall now. But enjoyed it this afternoon, as I always do. And a congratulations to, to those guys and the memories that they have and what you can build upon. And we saw it here just a couple weeks ago with the state tournament at the high school level and the Urbandale squad that was comprised of a lot of the kids that five, six years previous were part of the Urbandale team that made their run to the Little League World Series. So you'd love to see the Eastsiders build on that. East baseball has had a lot of successful pro teams, uh, throughout the years, and love to see that build back up over there with the Scarlets and East of the Grandview Little League team. Uh, just finished up their first game, a 5-2 to two loss in Williamsport at the Little League World Series. Well, I do have one thing to get into, and touched on it briefly yesterday here during the show as Iowa officially released their non-conference basketball schedule. And it's a beat that I've been hitting for a long time. Fran McCaffrey, I believe, has done a nice job at Iowa. Not a great job, but a good job. I think people don't realize what the perception of the Iowa basketball program was after the firing of Todd Licklider. Now, we know the story here. We know how things got off the rail. Dr. Tom Davis was fired after the 1998-99 season, or contract not renewed, had the lame duck year there in the final season. I I think most everybody understands and realizes that whoever the coach was going to be, maybe set them back a little bit. And we understand here in the state, previous to Steve Alford, Iowa had made 19 of the previous 25 NCAA tournaments. A pretty good run for a uh, quarter century, excuse me. 19 of 25 NCAA tournaments before Steve Alford got there. Year one wasn't great. Big win in in the first game against UConn out of Madison Square Garden, but not an overly talented team. By year two, they were off and running. Luke Wrecker, Ryan Hogan, those guys go down with injury. Wheels come off, they still make the NCAA tournament. Year three, disaster. Pierre Pierce... We know the reasons here locally why it went bad. But people with the national view look at it and say, boy, Steve Alford wasn't able to win there. And they ran Dr. Tom Davis out of town after making nine NCAA tournaments in 13 years. Never losing a game in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Todd Lickleider comes in and burns the thing to the ground. But when Fran McCaffrey came to Iowa, this was not a well-respected program. It's not the program... That guys like me in their late 30s, in your early 40s, in your 50s, 60s, you have these great memories. For people 30 and under, they don't remember good basketball in Iowa. There's a few blips, but you know else through that a couple of blips of nice basketball and some good basketball teams? Oregon State, Washington State, Hell Northwestern's finally made an NCAA tournament. This is not the same program that it once was. And Frey McCaffrey taking over this program when he did. And the amount of money that is poured in there compared to other basketball programs on the same kind of level playing field as Iowa, it's not even close. He's done a nice job. That's, that's, I want to put that out there first. And him taking the job when he did, I think credit needs to be given to him. But one of my issues has always been the way that he schedules in the non-conference. Now, scheduling in general is much different than it was when the Big Ten was playing 16 games in conference. And then, over the last few years, when they went to the 18-game conference schedule. And this year, it changes even more. Because now Big Ten teams will be playing 20 conference games. So you don't want to overbuild. You don't want to make that schedule too difficult. And I've never said that. I I am not anybody that believes that Iowa or Iowa State or anybody at the level that they are should schedule at a level that just isn't conducive to their program. But I believe Iowa does a poor job in Frey McCaffrey of scheduling in the non-conference. Everybody's going to bring in teams for bye games. Doesn't matter if you're talking about North Carolina or Villanova. Everybody does it. And everybody for the most part, play some pretty crappy teams. The problem that I have year after year is the sheer volume that Fran McCaffrey brings in. Now, you can make the excuse for Fran when you go through here. The games, the first two of the regular season against Missouri-Kansas City and against UW-Green Bay, both of those are part of the exempt tournament that they're in, and in turn, they get the games against Oregon and UConn or Syracuse out of Madison Square Garden. And you're completely right. You, in order to get those two games, you have to play those two other games with UMKC and Green Bay. So, fine. But you still had four more opportunities to schedule. And when it was known that your ACC Big Ten Challenge team that you drew this year was going to be hot garbage in Pitt, a Pitt team that went 0-19 last year in the ACC, and I don't think it's going to be a whole lot better this year, there was an opportunity here to just schedule smarter. Last year, UW-Green Bay, UMKC, they were bad. Alabama State is awful year after year. They're a swag school, and they're terrible. Western Carolina, awful. Savannah State, awful. Bryant, 3 and twenty eighth last year. This is what you put on your schedule. Now, it's all well and good. You want to rack up victories. You want to gain confidence. You want to have your team ready to go. When you get into Big Ten play with the full slate, that'll be starting. Probably going to be two games be played in December like there was a year ago. You want to do that all well and good. But when you play the worst of the worst, when you're going to play six teams that are going to be 250-plus in the RPI, it's going to hurt you. Will it hurt you being an NCAA tournament team? Perhaps. It very well could. It's also going to hurt you if you are a tournament team as it pertains to seed line. And I thought it was very interesting. I saw some numbers earlier today, and I'm trying to, trying to find them as I scroll through my, my Twitter as I hit a little bit earlier. Okay, here it is. Uh, since 2010, seven teams with a 9-9 Big Ten record have made the dance. Four teams with a 9-9 record failed to make the tournament. And guess what all of this has in common? Guess? Strength of schedule. The teams that were in had strengths of schedules of 8, 14, 15, 16, 37, 33, 29. The teams that were left out, including last year, Penn State, Indiana, 63, 81, 70, 90 for Iowa back in 2013, Illinois back in 2015, and uh, strike the schedule of 70. It's very simple. If you don't schedule well, you're going to be left out. If you don't schedule well, and now this puts even a bigger onus on Iowa, not just getting back and being respectable and being 9 and 11 in the Big 10. You got to go on the plus side. And look at Nebraska last year. Now, this was a lot of circumstances together. The Big 10 was bad last year. There were Four good teams, and the rest were middling to bad. They didn't play the top teams often. In fact, I think they only had one double play against those top four teams. And when a schedule breaks down that way, there's nothing you can do. When the computer spits out, this is your conference schedule, there's not much you can do. But you can control your non-conference schedule. And now I was putting themselves in a position to have to be nearly perfect. To have to get through the non-conference with a great record. And to go 11-9, and 12-8, 13-7 in the Big Ten to have a sniff. Why put that kind of pressure on you? I don't get it. Don't like the way this is scheduled. I'm not saying go out and schedule Xavier. Bring in Creighton. Not even at that level. No, 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 no. Take out a mid-level MEC team. Find somebody from the Summit League. Is there a chance you could lose? Sure, there's a chance. You shouldn't, but there's a chance. But better that than playing these garbage teams that will add nothing, more importantly, could hurt you come tournament time. With that, we're taking a break. Coming back on the other side, getting into baseball, Ronald Acuna Jr., and a whole lot more. The perspective of Ian Castleberry. He joins us next here. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG.
0: Now, listen to 1700 KBGG on Alexa. Say, Alexa, enable the 1700 KBGG skill. Then to play us, say, Alexa, play 1700 KBGG. Simple enough
1: it's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus. And online at therookiesportscards.com.
2: Sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Head to Firestone Complete Auto Care to get $70 off per axle on a standard brake service. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Keep on required restrictions and exclusions apply. Details at driveafirestone.com.
3: Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations, we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to
4: Google and play. That's 729 or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R.
3: Roof it once, roof it right, right
4: roofing. An old favorite is back again
1: with the new and updated menu, Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Stop by Bennigan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu. Made from scratch, everyday recipes that have stood the test of time. Dinner with friends, a night out, or just stop by to watch the ball game. Make it Bennigan's, Merle Hay Road. You're with friends at Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road.
5: From the Barrel, Des Moines Whiskey Festival kicks off this year and will be taking place at the River Center in downtown Des Moines. Featuring two days of food, entertainment, cigars, great causes, and of course, whiskey. Don't miss Des Moines Whiskey Festival happening November 2nd and 3rd. Tickets on sale now at DSMWhiskeyFest.com.
6: This year, it's our year. The year we win it all. This is the year the flag flies. For wins. For big games. For titles. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team.
1: These colors? uh, These colors mean everything.
6: And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Football. Basketball. Hockey. NASCAR. And more. Shop 3719 Southwest 9th Des Moines or heartlandflags.com.
2: Iowa Baseball Company.
1: Summer is here, and when the storms hit and your roof leaks, it's time to call Wolf Construction. From a complete re-roof to just fixing that leaky roof. The roofing staff has experienced working with many different roof systems with Wolf Construction and a knowledge of how the roof system works best for your home. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515 225 8866 or online wolfconstruction.net.
0: You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG.
1: Check out it back with you here as we continue on on 1700 KBGG. Glad to have you aboard this portion of the program brought to you by Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty you in the market for a new home. Give Stephanie a call today. Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty as we welcome in our buddy Ian Castleberry. You see his work at the comeback, Major League Baseball, and a whole lot more. And what a night last night. Uh, Ian, I, I know you're a prominent user of Twitter. Things got a little crazy last night with uh, the pitch heard around baseball and Ronald Acuna Jr. Oh.
7: Yeah, yeah, Jose Urema, yeah, definitely uh, public enemy number one uh, last night, it seems like, uh, with uh, plunking Ronald Acuna Jr. uh, with the first pitch of the game right on the elbow. Um, You know, I guess you can't always gauge intent uh, from looking at the video, but boy, it sure looked like he he meant to throw right at Acuna. I mean, that the ball, I mean, this wasn't a, a pitch that, that ran in on Acuna or, or, or sailed on uh, on Urena. Uh, You know, he threw it. That was straight as an arrow. He threw it right at Acuna. And, and it just seemed like one of those things where, you know, Acuna's been so hot uh, with the leadoff uh, home run streak and hitting home runs in general uh, over uh, the, the past eight games uh, has been so hot. It just had every look like uh, the, the sort of thing that we see bad teams and, and, and players who, who maybe haven't quite figured it out yet. Uh, you know, using uh, I guess whatever weapons they have. But uh, you know, the, the term "Bush League" certainly got thrown around a lot uh, on Twitter last night, and uh, I think, yeah, I think that just looked like a, a garbage play and, and an intentional, intentional plunk.
1: It had that feeling. There's no doubt. Threw it 97 as hard as he was ever throwing early in a baseball game, and that's right. There, there's just there's so many layers to this, so many elements. You know, there there's a portion though of baseball fandom that will say, Ian, if we're not going to let them police the game anymore, then, then what's the point? You know, what what's the point? These are these are guys that we should always allow them to kind of play by a different set of rules. What what would be your response to that kind of thought process? Uh,
7: my response would be, how about just getting the guy out? Uh, you know, is, is that the way the game is supposed to be played? If uh, if the Marlins, if Jose Arena doesn't want uh, Ronald Acuna uh, you know, to hit another home run uh, uh, to, to add to what, what's been a, a highlight reel week, uh, week and a half for him, uh, get the guy out. Uh, I mean, I think there is a, a place, as you said, For uh, policing uh, within the game, you know, if if you're thrown at a guy, you know, for a a dirty slide uh, or a dirty play, I mean, of course, we we could devote this entire segment, I'm sure, to uh, unwritten rules and and things that, uh, you know, these uh, perceived slights uh, among baseball players uh, in policing the game. But I I think uh, there is a time and place for that. Uh, The first batter of the game uh, last night. Uh, for a player who's been extremely hot, uh, it looked it, it, it just absolutely unjustified, and, and I don't think this that falls under uh, poli- players policing
5: the game themselves.
1: Acuna looks to be okay. MRA came back, uh, looks to be good to go. we got to talk about him as a baseball player, though. He had been putting up ridiculous numbers for his age what is his upside? I mean, we talking a guy that can ascend to the heights of the best player in baseball. What is, what's the prototype for Ronald Acuna Jr.?
7: Boy, uh, I, mean, I, I remember when, when he first uh, came up or, or, or was uh, developing as a prospect. Uh, you know, Andrew Jones, when he was uh, in his prime, obviously, uh, Jones ne- never quite uh, became the superstar Hall of Fame player uh, that, that his early career uh said he would be but uh, certainly a a combination of power speed defense uh you know i don't know if he's up there uh with the mike trouts yet i mean i don't think you know mike trouts the best player in baseball you can't put that on acuna but um you know it it was controversial at the start of the season i remember when the braves decided that they weren't going to have him on the roster. Uh, to begin the season, you know, to uh, uh, keep his service time in check and allow the Braves uh, to have uh, another year of club control uh, before Acuna could hit uh, free agency later in his career. But, yeah, I think uh, his upside is among uh, the best players in baseball, that that Mike Trout, Mookie Betts uh, type of level uh, with the start that he's off to just 20 years old.
1: It's a Braves team that seemingly nobody saw anything close to this coming out from them. What kind of sustainability is here? It's, it's kind of an odd mix of a team with some veterans, the young guys that have come up. Braves, are, are they the team of the National League East now over the next five, seven years? How do you look at their future going forward?
7: Yeah, I think they they have uh, regained uh, a a spot of dominance in the NL East. Uh, Of course, the Phillies are also right there. Uh, Maybe the Phillies are are in a a little bit better position, especially in terms of showing that they'll spend uh, for free agents like Carlos Santana and Jake Arrieta. But certainly in building a young foundation, uh, the Braves, Uh, You know they haven't traded away uh, most of their uh, young prospects uh, until this season, when it it became apparent that this team was in the race. Uh, But even when they got players uh, like like uh, Kevin Gausman, which I I think was a a very savvy uh, pickup of a starting pitcher. You know, maybe not a superstar pitcher, but still just 26 years old. He's under club control for multiple seasons. Uh, Someone who can be a number two. Number three starter probably benefits uh, from a change of scenery coming from the Orioles, uh, going to the Braves and, and a new coaching staff. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos, you know, he he has not he did not gut uh, uh, the, the organization to try and make a, a win now deal. There's a very solid foundation here uh, with uh, Acuna, uh, with Ozzy Albie's uh, still uh, guys like uh, Ender Inciarte, one of the best defensive. Uh, outfielders uh, in baseball. Uh, and I think that they, they, they've mixed in, uh, you know, veterans, uh, as you pointed out, like uh, Nick Marquez or Kurt Suzuki. I think they're in a position now where, where they will, uh, you know, plug in uh, pieces, uh, you know, for, for holes that needed to be filled. But I think Alex Anthopoulos did a really good job at the trade deadline uh, of getting pieces uh, without having to trade top prospects, but that fill, Very key roles, uh, especially in the bullpen, getting uh, Brad Brock, uh, Johnny Venters. I mentioned uh, uh, Kevin Gausman. I think uh, their pickup of Adam Duvall, uh, even though kind of a head scratcher, but Duvall has had uh, two impressive years uh, 30 home run seasons. He looks, uh, it it seems like an odd fit, but uh, I think you could see uh, Duvall taking over. Uh, in uh, in the outfield, uh, maybe in left field uh, uh, with Acuna uh, possibly moving uh, uh, to uh, center field or right field uh, for seasons to come, uh, there's still a, a boatload of talent that can either help the major league team or be used uh, to acquire uh, veteran talent. Uh, I think they are poised uh, to be a, a powerhouse in the NL East once again.
1: Talking right now with Ian Casaberry, look around Major League Baseball. To the Midwest, Ian, and uh, the Cubs, as you know, normally that's where we start our conversation. They still have the best record of the National League. They get the win against the Brewers, and now get ready with John Lester tonight against Pittsburgh. But suddenly the Cardinals are red hot. I guess firing Meg Matheny, huh? it actually worked, huh?
7: I think so. I Matheny, you know, he had done such a good job. Uh, starting out, uh, a surprising uh, pick uh, when he succeeded Tony Larusa. But uh, you know, some of the thought was is that Matheny just uh, you know didn't have to uh, uh, shake up a, a veteran clubhouse. You know, just uh, keep your hands on the wheel, make sure you don't veer out of your lane, and things will be okay. But uh, I think uh, that clubhouse did need a new voice. I think uh, Matheny's. Uh, message uh, or his methods had worn thin w- with the team uh, not only just with the young players but with veterans uh, like De- Dexter Fowler and, and I think uh, that was kind of a, a shake up. Uh, it, it, it's what you want to see when you make a managerial change uh, mid-season. Th- those sorts of things don't always work out uh, but for the Cardinals it does appear to have worked as you point out. They're they're right back uh, in the NL Central race. Uh, you know, They look like they're going to uh, meet for the Brewers uh, Any time here, um, I still I, it's a head scratching trade when they traded Tommy Pham to the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Rays. But you know, maybe that that was just a situation where it, it wasn't the the right fit, uh, and they have a, a, a lineup that just uh, all of its working parts are, are working more smoothly now.
1: You know, uh, it's it's incredible. Managers sometimes overrated, sometimes I, I don't know. It, it just it feels like they get. Too much credit for things, but Matheny, I mean, this is a guy that wasn't well-liked in St. Louis for a long, long time, and to see, suddenly see this team put it together with the injuries that they've gone through, the staff that has certainly not been what they expected with the top and, and Carlos Martinez, they're going to put him in the bullpen. It's, uh, it's been quite the story. I, I asked you about Atlanta and their sustainability for this year. Is this just a nice run out of the Cardinals, or do you see this continuing over the final six weeks?
7: Uh, I, I yeah i think it, it's a nice run uh you know making a managerial change i, I think sh- shook up that clubhouse i do wonder if there's still some longer term uh, issues uh, with the cardinals uh, you know they, they've slowly made that that roster younger uh, but you know and they made a big trade uh, for Mar- Marcelo zuna uh, in the offseason uh, they've gotten good production uh, from uh, you know matt carpenter has had uh an outstanding season but i do wonder if uh long term there's still uh some work to be done uh, whether it's uh bolstering uh, that starting rotation uh, figuring out what they're going to do with a carlos martinez as you said uh moving to the bullpen and then uh you know who is this manager go- the next manager going to be uh you know is is mike Schilt uh the, the long term answer or uh, you know the rumblings that you know joe Girardi would, would really uh, like to have that job you know, is uh, is that a job that Mike Socia could be interested in if his uh, tenure in Anaheim uh, is over. Um, they're going to have their pick of, of some really good managers. Dusty Baker maybe even uh, could be in that mix. Uh, but, but if she continues uh, to do well, uh, we've seen interim managers uh, take over and succeed uh, very well before. Uh, but Uh, I think, yeah, I think uh, this is a team that that has gotten itself back in the race. I think the Brewers will still hold them off uh, in the NL Central, but um, I don't think St. Louis is in a position to challenge the Cubs in the NL Central.
1: Ian, over to a little sports media as we let you go, and I know you do uh, work also with one of the – the parent brother companies over there with awful announcing and big news. Uh, the bottom line on ESPN, it looks a lot different. Do you like it?
7: Uh, I, yeah, I do like it. I mean, I, I um, you know, the the bottom line is one of those things where, uh, I guess, you know, you, you think of it almost like an offensive lineman, you know, like, uh, if it's attracting your attention, maybe it's not, uh, quite doing its job, but, uh, uh, I know there, there was even some talk that uh, ESPN might get rid of it uh, at some point because you know in this age of of Twitter, uh, social media, you know, being so uh, news being so accessible that maybe the bottom line uh, w- wasn't necessary anymore. But I think I think it's still uh, the way so many of us uh, get uh, their news. I don't know about you. That's how I found out LeBron signed with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, on ESPN. Uh, bottom line so i think it's it's uh i, I like it it's not too obtrusive it, it gets through the story of course it's uh there's some space there for advertising which uh, i guess you gotta uh, roll your eyes a, a little bit but uh i, I think it's, it's it's pretty solid it, it's it's an improvement overall they, they, they can work some uh not just scores uh and, and news but you know some other information in there and it's not too obtrusive
1: are you ready for more Boomer, as uh, the New York Post Andrew Marshawn, the fine media critic over there, said? We might be seeing more Chris Berman on Sundays on ESPN.
7: I am not ready for more Chris <laughs> Berman. I, I thought uh, ESPN had, uh, you know, moved on and, and to, to its post-Chris Berman days. I know he's uh, still uh, affectionately associated with the NFL. You know, bring him in. Uh, for, for special events, I, I think you know doing prime time uh, after the conference championship games and the Super Bowl uh, is still a nice touch. But uh, ever since uh, John Skipper uh, left uh, ESPN, resigned as ESPN president, Will uh, Williamson taking over, he, he's kind of uh gone uh, back to the past and we've seen you know like what they've done with the 6 p.m sports center mm-hmm. uh you know the highlight show was supposed to be dead right and and here we are uh you know with the, uh, the six o'clock sports center uh there's going to be a noon sports center uh with high noon being moved uh, to four o'clock uh it, it's interesting what espn's doing with, with all of these uh programming, uh, whether it is SportsCenter or the bottom line, things that were supposed to be obsolete and on their way out, uh, suddenly have new life uh, at ESPN again.
1: Ian, always love the conversation. Thank you so much for your time today.
7: Thanks so much for having me on, Trent. Great talking to you.
1: You too. That's Ian Castleberry joining us here today. A lot of baseball, little media in the sports world. Always good stuff with Ian Castleberry. We turn our attention next to the local front, and we're talking Iowa Hawkeye football next. Steve Batterson with the Quad City Times. He's up next as we continue on Jimmy B and TC.
0: You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG.
1: Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty is a full-service residential realtor serving all of Central Iowa. She specializes in new construction, relocation, acreages, single-family, and condo townhouse sales. Stephanie Goodhue, a buyer's agent and a seller's agent, along with a member of the National Association of Realtors and the Des Moines Area Association of Realtors. Let Stephanie provide a free market analysis if you're considering selling your home. Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty. She will lead you home.
2: Isolated showers ending early tonight, variably cloudy and muggy overnight, low 67. Becoming mostly sunny Friday afternoon, it's going to be warm and dry with a high near 86. I'm Local 5 Chief Meteorologist Brad Edwards.
8: Sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire.
4: That's rightroofing.com with an R.
3: Roof it once, roof it
8: right, right
4: waste away the last days of summer in a
8: car you hate? Join my flip-flop revolution today! Hey, Joe Clemens here from Capital City Motor Company. I'm on a mission to help everyone kick back in a car they love. I'll help you flip out of your current car and flop into a nicer newer one by paying up to $4,679 more than appraised value for your trade. Relax in a ride you'll love. My one and only for the people credit approval process is easy breezy. My team is the best there is and we know how to get you approved even if you've been turned down before. Don't waste away the last days of summer. Be part of my flip-flop revolution i'll pay up to four thousand six hundred seventy nine dollars more for your trade and you can flip out of your old car and flop into a nicer newer car today but hurry the revolution ends august 31st or after we've flip-flopped 82 cars i'm joe clemens and i'm a dealer for the people come see us at capital city motor company in des moines on east university one block off i-235 on the state fair side call 265 1467 or online at approved by joe.com approved by joe.com www.approvedbyjoe.com Take a Super Bowl.
2: Are you looking for a way to give back to the community and have some fun at the same time? The Timothy Yates Hagen Humanitarian Foundation
4: has an event for you.
2: The third annual Tim Hagen Golf Classic will be held at Copper Creek Golf Course in Pleasant Hill on August the 25th at 8 a.m. Up to 25 four-player teams will compete with proceeds going towards pancreatic cancer research at John Hopkins. Water sustainability efforts in Tanzania through Save the Rain and Dream Team Des Moines. Sign
1: up now at tyhfoundation.org. Spots are going fast. Hey guys, Trent Cotton and back here once again want to tell you a little bit about New Leaf Wellness Center. New Leaf Wellness has helped me lose weight, gain endurance during workouts, and one of the biggest things, have energy all day long. No more lulls during the afternoon. Great program, great people at New Leaf Wellness Center. Check them out today at 3930 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines. And all summer long, giving away iCubs tickets. Find out how New Leaf Wellness can help you or give them a call at 515-650-1358. That's 650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness Centers. Let's feel better together and turn over a new leaf with New Leaf Wellness.
0: It's time for your daily dose of Hawkeye coverage
1: on 1700 KBGG. Back with you, Trey Condon here running solo this afternoon. We got another great guest for you right now, though, as we're talking Iowa Hawkeye football, Steve Batterson from the Quad City Ch- Times. He joins us here today. Steve, how's the summer been?
5: It's been great. Uh, made it made trek to see the butter tower earlier this week, so all is
1: good. <laughs> And you didn't even give me a call. You were in town. You didn't call me up, Steve?
5: It was a quick drive-by, but yeah, it was uh, it was entertaining. A little warm, but hey, it's August.
1: Uh, yes, uh, August in Iowa. Boy, is it beautiful. We got football right around the corner. Week zero tomorrow night with high school football, and then week one on the 24th. Looking forward to that. But you stayed busy this season. How much time do you spend in a baseball park during, uh, during the summertime?
5: Um, I, I'm probably responsible for about 60 out of 70 home games over the course wow. of the season, so yeah, I, I spend quite a bit of time here this summer, so I'm, I'm actually at the ballpark right now, so.
1: Never a quiet time for Steve Batterson, you see him not just in the Quad City Times, but across the state, all his Hawkeye articles, what is it, Waterloo Courier, Globe Gazette, Sioux City Journal, am I missing any?
5: Yeah, Quad City Times and uh, Muscatine Journal, so yeah, we, we make the rounds, and, and, and now the uh, Moline Dispatch as well, so.
1: Got a whole bunch of them in there. Well, Steve, uh, Kids Day last Saturday—an opportunity to see the team, and the only opportunity to see them before we get to Week One against Northern Illinois. A lot of new names starting to pop up there. Some freshmen that were starting to turn heads. As you look at it, we we've got some looks at this squad now, going back to spring. You know, the summer conversations that we have when we're talking about the Haw- Hawkeyes. What remains your biggest concern here? A little too over, over two weeks away from the opener of the season,
5: offensive line. I, I think the depth there is a little suspect at this point, uh, and and extending beyond the suspensions in the opening game. Uh, you know, I think it's an area where I over time has, has proven that you know they need to have uh, seven or eight guys ready to go, and I, I just don't think they're quite there yet. Uh, you know, I, there's some good young kids on on that. On that line, you know, a Mark Kalinberger kid out of Bettendorf here in the Quad Cities is a redshirt freshman and and um, you know, a likely you know starter, maybe a tackle heading into the opener uh, with with the uh, with the tackle suspended. But uh, you know, I I think that it's a work in progress. You see, Levi Dual move over from from the, the defensive side to uh, to become the backup center, uh, and that tells you that I was get some some holes there, and and I think. You know, it's a work in progress, and I think the ability of, of, of those guys to kind of develop into, into backup roles, I think, is going to have a lot to say with, with how successful that, that Iowa run game is going to be. And, uh, you know, if Iowa can't run the football, that becomes a real issue.
1: Yeah, and uh, we've only seen him be successful in that capacity one time throughout the years back in 2004, and that was a lot of injuries uh, to that running back group. Steve, uh, you mentioned Mark Kallenberger. He's more than likely, we assume, going to get the start in that opener against Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois has an All-American at defensive end in Sutton Smith who had 29 tackles for a loss last year. What was it, 14 sacks? Something along those lines. Callenberger what do you expect to see from him and Iowa with the slew of tight ends? Is he going to have maybe Nate Whiting, the best of the blocking tight ends, attached to his left hip?
5: Well, I sure would think so. Uh, you know, I think uh, uh, a healthy Nate Whiting is, is probably a good thing for, for this Iowa football team. Certainly a ton of talent at the tight end position. But, uh, uh, you know, I think particularly with uh, with the challenge not only presented by, by Sutton Smith, but but... Presented by a defense that returns a ton of guys from a from a defense that led the MAC last year, so I mean he's not the only uh, he's not the only problem that I was going to have to deal with in that opening game, and you know I think they expect Sutton to uh, to have some additional attention uh, uh, this season, given what he was able to accomplish last year, and. Uh, you know they're preparing for that. So I, but yeah, you're right. I think that you know a tight end, and you know perhaps at times a, you know a running back may find himself kind of uh, uh, helping out a little bit, at least in this opener, to kind of get Iowa through it.
1: You know, one of the positions that I think some people maybe had some concerns about was the running back spot, and when he graduated, a guy like Akron Wadley in the previous year. LaShawn Daniels, I can understand the tepidation. There, there's nobody on this roster that's going to be able to do what Akron Wadley could do. In the open space, he was a once-in-a-decade kind of player with the speed and the moves that he had. But it looks like they're building a three-headed monster. I've always been impressed by Torin Young, like the physicality, and I think he runs harder than a lot of people realize. Ivory Kelly Martin, he flashed last year as a freshman, and now you throw in the mix a junior college kid and Makai Sargent Three different guys, all different styles here. I'm not overly concerned about the running back position anymore. Are you?
5: Depth remains an issue, but uh, yeah, I think they've got three guys, three guys right now that they can come out and and uh, play with and 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 have some success with. And uh, Sargent really kind of solidifies that. Uh, you know, I, you know, it's one of those things that uh, um, you've got the two other sophomores who who both got a taste last year and. And both showed some nice things. Uh, I think I was going to be fine at running back, I, uh, and what we saw Sargent the other day, and and from you know looking at what he accomplished at Iowa Western, not only as a running back but also as a capable receiver. And I think there's some options there that uh, you know will come into to play as well. And uh, it's it, it that scenario. I think that Iowa is pretty well set. I, I guess I would. I, I'm still a little more concerned with the wide receiver spot than I would be the running back spot at, at, this, at this time.
1: Yeah, and that wide receiver position doesn't sound like a whole lot of opportunities during you know, the kids' day practice. Now, this is one of, what, 28, 29 practice they get before the season. So you don't want to read too much into it. But, Steve, uh, well, we've been talking now, what, four years, something like that. Seems like we have this conversation every time. Iowa wide receivers didn't see much on Saturday.
5: No, and some of that I'm sure was my design as well. I mean, everything we've heard is that Brandon Smith has had a much, um, you know, a much improved summer. Uh, We certainly didn't see anything on Saturday that would lead us to believe that, but uh, uh, you have to kind of take the the coaches at their words on that. And, you know, I I think what you've got not only with Brandon Smith, but also with Amir Smith-Marset is you've got a couple of guys who saw some time a year ago as as, uh, freshmen, got a taste, you know, and, the expectation now is is that you uh, you use that experience and and, and develop some consistency and, and become more of a factor as, as things progress and i think those guys are you know i think they're going to be fine over time you know whether it's going to happen in week one or two uh, that remains to be seen but uh, but i certainly need some help in the passing game and and uh, you know if Nate Stanley is going to have the season that uh, that people seem to think that he is positioned to have It's going to take somebody on the other end to to make it happen. And, you know, that means running the correct routes. It means uh, blocking when that's uh, what they're required to do and and, and being a good complement to what I would expect to get out of the tight ends in the passing game.
1: Over on the defensive side of the ball, certainly a lot of bright moments there. Though Riley Reef won't be available. Brady Reef, excuse me, available for the first game. Sound like he flashed at the defensive tackle position. Up front, going to be good. What would you see out of the linebacker spot, though?
5: Yeah, you know that that that's, uh, Jones, I think, is going to be a good Big Ten linebacker. I think he brings a um, an energy and a, and a passion that that uh, maybe will be a little bit different for Iowa at the position. Certainly, Iowa's had some hard nosed uh, middle linebackers in the past, but uh, Monty plays with a little uh, a little fire in his belly, and and I, and I think that uh, he's going to be kind of a fun guy to watch. And you know, between he and and um, you know, Nick Neiman seems to be fairly well settled in on the outside. You know, I, I think this is a group that's uh, probably going to be used a little bit more by committee, uh, kind of a rotation kind of thing, much like what we've seen on the front end of the defense and on the back end of the defense in recent years. Uh, and it's probably not realistic to expect three guys to go out and, and play the number of snaps that Iowa got out of those three linebackers a year ago. And uh, some of that is just, you know, a lack of experience, and and some of that I think is is kind of by design with this group. We keep hearing good things about Barrington Wade, who did not uh, play last Saturday, uh, but he, you know he, he's a sophomore out of, out of the Chicago suburbs. That uh, um, on, on the outside, uh, it sounds like he's he's had a nice camp and has done some good things over over the spring and the summer to kind of catch the attention of coaches, and it, it appears you know he's going to be in the mix. You've got Jack Hockaday, a senior who really hasn't done a heck of a lot since he's been at Iowa. Uh, right now, kind of backing up Amani Jones at the middle spot. and, You know, maybe this. Uh, you know, maybe he will emerge. So, you know, there's still a little fluidity that that other. Um, you know, the the weak side spot is is still uh, apparently open to a degree, and I, and I think that that's uh, something that uh, you know in camp this week, and and as they kind of. Angle towards game prep here, you know, about a week from now, probably. Uh, you know, uh, some of those things will sort themselves out, but it, it does look like Iowa has uh, bodies at linebacker, although it certainly lacks experience.
1: Steve, are you excited to head over the Saturday before Christmas with Savannah State coming to Carver Hawkeye?
5: Absolutely, and, and looking <laughs> forward to the exhibition with Guilford. So, uh... <laughs> Do you know
1: what Guilford is? I, I, that was a new yeah. one to me.
5: I, I looked it up. That's the only reason I know. It's a it's, it's a Division three school out of Greensboro, North Carolina, and and my guess is that there must be some tie between sure. Fran and from his time at Greensboro and and someone uh, either in administration or on the coaching staff there that uh, uh, makes it connect. <laughs> but uh, they, they were an NCAD three uh, tournament qualifier last All year, right. so uh, you know uh, as those games go, I guess what the heck it's. Uh, Uh, It'll be a great experience, I'm sure, for the
1: young man on that team. No doubt. Hey, Steve, as always, thanks for your time today. You bet. My pleasure. Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times joining us here today. Hour in the books. We got one more to go. We're coming back on the other side with more. Zuba Mahente kicks off hour number two. Hey, it's Bill Ryder. nice to be
8: talking to the home crowd again in central Iowa, where I was raised, where I got married. The show is right on you, 5 to 9 p.m. weekdays on Des Moines' Big Talker 1700 KBGG.
6: This year, it's our year. No, no, no.
2: This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm
3: tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, it's why I fly the flag. This
6: is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. And you'll find those colors at Heartland flag poles and flags the largest selection of team flags anywhere every team every sport every flag almost buy online and get free shipping heartlandflags.com
8: at wolf construction we do many large construction projects across the Midwest but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today at wolf construction we believe in honest work a fair price and work we stand behind and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it we know roofing with our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take
1: your roof personally. An old favorite is back again with the new and updated menu, Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Stop by Bennigan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu. Made from scratch, everyday recipes that have stood the test of time. Dinner with friends, a night out, or just stop by to watch the ball game. Make it Bennigan's. Merle Hay Road. You're with friends at Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road.
2: South of Douglas on Merle Hay Road or at Christopher'sRareCoins.com.
1: In 2014, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge resulted in more than $220 million in donations to ALS charities around the world. The Every Drop Adds Up campaign was created as a way to continue the movement. This year, the ALS Association Iowa Chapter has added a new event. Bucket Your Boss will take place on Monday, August 27th at Cowles Commons in downtown Des Moines. Local companies can nominate a boss to be soaked in the fountain, all while their employees get to watch. To learn more about the event or register, visit ALS. That's
2: Sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Headed to Firestone Complete Auto Care to get $70 off per axle on a standard brake service. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Keep on required restrictions and exclusions apply. Details at driveafirestone.com.
8: Don't waste away the last days of summer in a car you hate. Join my flip-flop revolution today. Hey, Joe Clemens here from Capital City Motor Company. I'm on a mission to help everyone kick back in a car they love. I'll help you flip out of your current car and flop into a nicer, newer one by paying up to more than appraised value for your trade. Relax in a ride you'll love. My one and only for the people credit approval process is easy breezy. My team is the best there is and we know how to get you approved, even if you've been turned down before. Don't waste away the last days of summer. Be part of my flip flop revolution. I'll pay up to $4,679 more for your trade. And you can flip out of your old car and flop into a nicer, newer car today. But hurry, the revolution ends August 31st or after we've flip flopped 82 cars. I'm Joe Clemens and I'm a dealer for the People. Come see us at Capital City Motor Company in Des Moines on East University. One block off I-235 on the State Fair side. Call 265-1467 or online at ApprovedByJoe.com. ApprovedByJoe.com. www.approvedbyjoe.com. Purchase, price, effects, trade allowance, negative equity, maybe refinance. All terms, subject approval.
3: Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from Unmet expectations. We overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils.
4: Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian Roofer Roulette, give us a call.